When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Bambi's U.S.-based personnel are dedicated to your business, giving you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 per year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash C-Suite right now. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash C-Suite. Bambi.com slash C-Suite. Megan Gibson. The well-being of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy. Thanks for listening to The Family Brain. I'm Megan Gibson, and today I'll be talking with Jennifer Hurwitz. Jennifer is a relationship coach and helps coach people on divorcing well and helping people co-parent when they go through a divorce. She also helps people start dating again after divorce. She has a couple of books, Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda, A Divorce Coach's Guide to Staying Married. And her other book is called One Happy Divorce. She also has a podcast called Doing Divorce Right or Avoiding It Altogether. And I'll tell you what, I was thinking going into this conversation that it was going to be kind of a downer because divorce is not a very enjoyable topic, but she really helped me understand some of the things that divorced or divorcing people go through. And I think has some really good tips on parenting through the process. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I was doing a little research about you before we um, talked, and you have your hand in a lot of pots. I mean, can, yeah. <laughs> yes. Can you talk a little bit about those pots and sure. how you got to those pots? Sure. I mean, where do you want me to start? Which which pot would you like me to put my hands I in I mean, first? so you have a podcast, you're a writer, you yes. have a lot, and it seems to me well, now I'm going to answer the question for you, sure, what, okay, what seems to me, but I don't want to do that. What got you? So you do a lot of writing about divorce well, and managing start. divorce. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- it's funny. I, I actually talk about this a lot, how I used my divorce to start my career. Yeah. So I took some kind of like my a devastating thing in my life, right? A disaster. And I kind of just turned it into my career, which is kind of cool. So I, I think that that's kind of neat that I think so you can take something awful and make it empower yourself to make it something kind of cool. And I, I, I think that other women should should kind of, I hope to to give that to other people too, other women to say, stand up and you can, you can take something devastating and make it into something. Okay. Like take lemons and make it into lemonade. Right. You know, I've I seen say, that a number of times yeah, right? too. And it's right? so, it almost gives me chills because it's just that stuff that you're going through that you would never yeah. order like never in thought. terms of your, Oh, I hope right. I get a divorce or, you know, well, I know. Right. Right. I mean, right. Right. 
I just like tragedies people, and yeah, it just can, yeah. it can make it sort of your life's well, mission. That's why I started. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I tell people, I, you know, I took lemons, took some ice, took some vodka, took, yeah. it, took it all up and made my career. So um, yeah, I started when I got divorced um, five years ago, actually it's been four because we were separated for a full year because in North Carolina, you have to be separated for a year. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting there one day and I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to start a blog. It was kind of like, I never wrote anything. Swear to you, I never wrote anything. I was a DJ. I was a dance teacher. I, you know, never thought for one second I could write. And I kind of sat down and said, "Oh, I'll just do it. It's cathartic. It makes me feel good. I'll see what happens." And I pushed, you know, publish. And I was freaking out. And all of a sudden, people started like sending messages, like, "Oh my gosh, you're saying exactly what I'm thinking." And I wish I had the. Am I allowed to swear? No, I won't swear in here, right? We don't you swear. You can. My okay, mom will always mention it. If I'll try not to. I'll try not to. I'll be careful. It's mainly if I swear. But okay, I won't. I won't. Yeah, I won't really So we'll make it clean. Um, but you know, people say you know you have, you have the the chutzpah. We say no one is Jewish. Um, the you know the the moxie to actually say what I'm. You know, other people wish they could say, but they can't. Um, which I kind of appreciated. So I started writing this blog, and next thing I knew, I was writing. Um, for Scary Mommy and Blunt Moms and Suburban Misfit Moms. I was writing all over the country for these um, national publications. And I just kept writing and writing. And next thing I knew, I had a book. <laughs> kind of not, that wasn't that easy. But you know, I wrote a book called One Happy Divorce, Hold the Bullshit. Um, it was a bestseller in a week. And um, I wrote a TV pilot. I wrote um, another book called Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda, A Divorce Coach's Guide to Staying Married. Um, i trying to think what else I'm doing. I have my podcast now, which is like, I love it. Um, I'm able to reach a much broader, bigger, you know, audience, which is really fun for me. Um, and, you know, I just talk about doing divorce right. I mean, my podcast, and I talk about how it's a, it's a choice to be happy and it's a choice to actually put your kids first and um, you can be amicable. You can do it right. You can mm-hmm. actually, you know, it doesn't have to be devastating to everybody in your, in your world. Right. It takes work. It takes work. Well, it's very interesting to me because when I first got to that point where people were starting to get divorced and I knew people that were going through it. My first thought was, wait, you get a weekend off. And then, and which is so crazy, right? but I'm sure people hear that. I hear it all the time. Because then you progress and you're like, oh my gosh, this is still so much work because especially if you have children, I don't know if you don't have children, but you're still parenting with um, no, I guess I mean more like hypothetically some the people that are getting divorced that have children. Yeah. It's awful. There it it just can be so beautiful or it can be so devastating. Right. And look at you, it is, here's the thing about it, which I tell people on, you know, I'm never saying to stay in a relationship that is abusive or emotionally abusive or physically abusive. You need to get divorced, right? But um, you have to get out and please, by all means. And that's the first chapter of my second book. I talk about just getting out and doing the right thing. And you never stay in an abusive relationship ever. But divorce is horrific because you have to imagine it kind of like that of a death. You're actually grieving and losing this person, this this life that you thought you were going to have, right? But this person that you're divorcing is still alive. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at him every day and you have to parent with him if you have kids and you have to co-parent. You have to be like, it, it's it's awful. It's awful to breathe the same space and the same air. And then you have kids that you actually like the rest of your life have to be involved with this man, right? Or this woman. It is just, and no one gets it. No one gets it. I'm sorry to say nobody understands until you go through it the same mm-hmm. way that a death when you, when you lose someone, right? No one understands until you go through it. So that's why I wrote my second book. And I said, look, everybody, I'm going to be straight with you. I'm going to write this book and no one's going to like it, but they, mm. you know, you're going to have to listen yeah. because it's the truth and I'm raw and I'm, and I just put it out there and I've told the real honest, 
really an honest depiction of what divorce really is. So no, I think that's so needed, and it makes me embarrassed, frankly. Oh no, that was my, no, 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 I know, but now I know better, I get you know. It. I get, sure, and sure. so that that was my reaction, and that that's every person reaction. who needs my support, I'm like. Oh. That, at least you're aware of that, yeah. but you're self-aware, you know, because yeah. here's the thing I did too, because at first I thought, oh my God, I get the, as a divorced woman, I said, I get the weekend off. But then I realized mm-hmm. it's not a choice anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were talking about Austin city lights, I think going to the big, whatever. And I like my girl's trip, I went on a girl's trip in Austin and, um, all five of my other girlfriends were married and they're like, oh my God, I get a weekend away. And I'm like, yeah, me too. But I always get a weekend away. Mm-hmm. I don't get to choose it. Right. I don't get to say, oh, I get to be alone with my girlfriends. I just have to happen to have every other weekend or whatever it is, every right. other week alone to go. Right. And it's not a choice. I, I go home to an empty house. They go home to their family. It's very, I mean, it's just awful. <laughs> but that's, I think, why you've been so successful because when you have community around that and yeah. you talk to other yeah. people who get it yeah. and aren't like, oh, lucky you. And you're like, oh. okay, well, maybe there's something nice about, you know. Yeah having some quiet, but, but it's not a choice. And it's, yeah, that's what I really love about podcasts in general is this ability to make communities out of people that might not be near each other. And just that kind of connection that. Yeah. I love your podcast, by the way. I love it. You have a great podcast. You do really great work. I I think you're awesome. So thank you. Thank you. Um, so this series is about raising teenagers. I know. I love it. I'm wondering. I love it. I mean, I was just with a friend this weekend who, um, is recently divorced and has teenagers and it's just really. And then, so what do you say to people? Mm -hmm. I guess that's the thing. What's different about parenting teenagers through, through divorce versus maybe little kids. Oh, it's so different. You know, it's funny. I started with little kids. I got divorced. My kids were nine and 11 and, um, we nested. I don't know if you're familiar with nesting. I can go into that later, but we nested and um, we chose to stay, the kids to stay in the big house. And my ex and I, I call my husband, my husband and I, we moved out and we, sh- we shared an apartment. Okay. And we moved in and out and let the kids stay stable. You know, I just saw something about this on Housewives of Orange County. Gina yes, was ma'am. doing that. Yeah. Oh, good for Gina. <laughs> good girl. I didn't know it was called nesting though. It's okay. called nesting. It takes yeah. everything in your power to not kill each other, but you have to be completely selfless to do mm-hmm. this because you're actually living with your ex-husband in an apartment that you share and two bedrooms. We have, thank God we had two bedrooms, two bathrooms, and we would switch in and out. And the kids would, we did this for as long as we possibly could. So our kids could get adjusted and acclimated to this divorce. And it's funny okay. because moving forward, jump forward. I have an episode. I brought my kids on as teenagers. Ah. Listen to it. And it's actually doing divorce, right? It's my podcast, but the kids came on and I was like, so boys, they were now at this point, 13 and 15. I said, tell everybody how great the nesting was, right? <laughs> hey, but it's a podcast and you're shooting, you know, you're recording, you're right. thinking this is going to be awesome. Zach goes, yeah, mom, not so much. And I went, oh. I'm like, cut, cut, you know, and I'm Zach and Jonah's like, mom, really? It, it was like, it sucked. It, you thought it was so great. It really wasn't. I'm like, oh my God. So teenagers, you just assume right? It's all this assumption and mm-hmm. expectation that you're doing the right thing, but you can only do what you think is right at the time. Right. Right. Well, and, and maybe it, everything would have sucked at that point, no exactly. matter how you did it. Exactly. Like maybe they weren't going to be like, wow, yes. that was really cool. That was the way really you did great. That. Wow. That's yeah. great. Mom. Thanks for you know, introducing us to 12 of your boyfriends too. I mean, like right. you know, that's another thing too. <laughs> I mean, I got news for you. Like kids are not, everyone says kids will be okay. They're resilient. They understand. Guess what? It is such bull. Sorry, not swearing. It is such bull crap. They are not okay. They don't want to meet your boyfriends. They don't right. want to make it part of your life. I do not believe in blending families. Everyone can send me emails and say how much I, you should read my book. Really? Blending families, kudos to those people. 
I always give props to blending families, people who can blend beautifully with teenagers. It is the most difficult thing. The statistics show that blending families with teenagers, it's like 72% of those marriages end in divorce. Mm. It is versus so, with younger versus, children, yes, like with, with younger, younger children, children, it's more yes. possible. Well, it's almost like you're bringing a bunch of adults all oh together. God, could you imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. And you know what it's like? I always say it's like you know when you used to sleep over at a friend's house when you were a teenager, or like even like a teen, like younger tween, and you and that smell was different and it felt funky and you didn't really know, but you knew you got to go home the next day. But like mm-hmm. got up in the morning in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, you didn't really know what the bathroom was, and you were scared to wake everybody. You didn't really want to ask. Imagine that for that forever. Imagine you're living in someone's home that you don't really know and the dad's not really your dad and he married your mom and it's kind of weird. I get to chills thinking about it. It's that creepy crawling feeling of who is this person in my house? Mm. Right? And then he has to discipline you. And then he's talking to your mom about things that are none of his, none of his business, right? Mm. So yeah. it's like, can you, it is just a complete and utter shit show. Yeah. And, well, I and get then the, I'm picturing the person, if it's a man in this relationship, disciplining and the woman wanting the relationship to be successful. So then that creates conflict. It is so hard. It is so hard. And I mean, look, more power to you if you can do it. And I have, I have studied it. I've researched it. I've talked to families and we've had, I mean, conversations and I have blended families that that I work with and they're like, this is impossible. How are we supposed to do this? And I'm like, you just do your best. Mm. I won't do it. I've, I've had a boyfriend for two and a half years. Our kids have never met. It's just, you know, look at, they're all teenagers. He has two teenagers. I have two teenagers. Why would I do that to them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have enough stress in their lives, right? I mean, they're both in, they're all in high school. Um, they're going away to school in X amount of years. If we can't last as an unblended family, how could we possibly, you know, we'll make it work till they go to college. And if mm-hmm. we're together, you know what I'm saying? I just feel like the teenagers are just their own. They've got their own drama in lives to, to mush them all together and make that, it's, it's just really tough. It's one of my big things. I don't know if mm-hmm. people think of No, this. that's interesting. I, I would have never, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what's so cool about your specialty area is it's the stuff that I hadn't thought yeah. about. And yeah. if, you know, if I needed information or some, Come if I me. needed information, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nice that it's you hard. sort of have done this due diligence on yeah. what sort of best practices, I yeah. guess. Well, I think also a lot of people jump really quickly into dating they think like, oh, I'm fine. I'm in the right headspace. I can do this. Including me, I did it. I got divorced. I was like, I'm okay. You know, I, I, you know, my ex and I are really good friends and the kids will be fine and I'll start dating. Biggest mistake ever made. Biggest mistake. You need a year. You need to clear your head. And those kids, you know, like my kids were 11 and nine and then even 12, older, older. I kept introducing them to these guys and they were like, then they would, I would break up with them mm. and then they would lose another guy mm. and they would make a relationship. And I think this, what was I thinking? Yeah. What was I, I mean, well, and what's scary too now is that there can be there can be predators in any scenario, oh but just gosh, knowing who these people are and over over social media. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a friend who actually started dating right after she was divorced and got into a bad situation. He killed her, killed her. What he killed? I mean, that's like a whole step. But I always tell people this that are that are dating after a divorce. Not to scare them, but to scare them a little bit that yeah, you have to, I you agree. don't know. And I, I think you are hopeful and excited and you know what and I mean? You know, look, yeah. And there, and there are also, there's a flip side also where people fall in love immediately and get married. That's great. I, sure. I know. I'm not trying but to be like, but, I'm with day, you. but you know, it's I'm with like, you. I had a restraining order on a guy. Yeah. I had a guy who lied about his name. I had a guy who was like, okay, Cupid, who was immediately into my bed. I mean, like I've got stories that would absolutely scare the living crap out of you. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I will tell you that's my next book. 
Mm. You know, dating after divorce, that's I'm going to go that whole route. It's a scary, scary place. It's a scary place. Yeah. And, and I think that it, it is not to be discouraging because nobody wants that party pooper that's no. like, I, I, I always tell this story. And I get the same reaction. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, you have to be careful. You have to be careful. There's the world out there. Yeah. It's, um, and, and when you're bringing someone new into your family life around Especially your children. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do you tell people, this is a feel, thing I feel like comes up a lot is there's never a good time to get a divorce, Never. but when you have kids, mm. there are people who are like, oh, we're going to wait till they're out of high school. We're going to, you know, we want to do it when they're little because then they'll recover faster. What's the What's the research you know what? behind this? this is, you know, there's so much research, both. There's there so much research. Um, you know, it's really hard for me to answer that because there is so much research both ways. In my opinion, my opinion is, <laughs> my second book will stand this. I say, don't get divorced. I say, if there's a glimmer of hope mm. that you can fix your marriage, stay married if you have kids. I'm sorry, I say it, you know, look, I'm not saying, I'm not an advocate for staying in an abusive, I'll say it again, abusive, emotionally or physically abusive marriage. Right. But if you are one of those couples that after 10 years or 11 years or 15 years or 20 says, oh, my heart doesn't flutter anymore when he walks in the door. Or, you know, I just, I don't know. I think the dating will be so much better. Mm. Or one of those bullshit things, get your, your mind in the right place and do some work on your relationship because mm. nobody understands that the divorce grass is not greener. And if you can do the work, both of you, it takes two people. If you can do the work, to fix what you have in front of you. It is so much greater and so mm. much better for those kids to just stay married. Right. Now, again, don't be in a loveless, sexless, un, you know, if you're miserable, those kids are not good for the kids. Right. But if you can fix it, fix it. Mm-hmm. That's why I wrote the book, Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda, A Divorce Coach's Guide to Staying Married, which Oprah loved and made it number four on her list. So you know what? Yeah, yeah. So there's reasons for it, you know, um, and I, and I get calls all the time, men, women saying, thank, thank you for writing this book. It saved my marriage. We're working on it. And look at, once you do the work and you do the therapy and whatever, if it's still not working, you, you get divorced. Mm-hmm. But, um, I really think if you have kids, you sh- you owe it to them to do a little bit. I didn't, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I jumped, I jumped ship really quickly. Um, I don't think Mark and I actually thought before we did it. Uh, we thought, no, that's not, that's not true. We did. We thought, I mean, we, yeah. we thought, you know, I just think that we should have, woulda, coulda, shoulda. We mm-hmm. could have thought a little harder. Well, and, um, we're sold this whole bill of goods, right? Yeah. Like that, what, what you think it's going to be like and what, and I think when you talk to actual humans that aren't on TV or in a movie or in a yeah. book, yeah. they'll tell you, we also struggle. We also yeah. have ups and downs. And, yeah. but I think we're sold this bill that social it's media supposed to be. Book. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. If your Instagram like Thanksgiving doesn't look like this, then something's going wrong. Yeah. It just doesn't make it pretty and you can really quickly, you know, and then there's, it's just, it's really hard for me. Um, I had to share it. I had to say, look guys, this is reality. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really important to me to say, like, if you can learn, like, I don't have regrets. People are like, well, you, you sound like you want to get back together with your ex. That's not the case. I don't want to get back together with my husband. Um, he's in a great place. I'm in a great place. We're really good friends. We co-parent beautifully. I just want people to learn from the mistakes that I made. If I would have known then what I know now, I wouldn't have gotten divorced. Does that make sense? Yes. It does. But woulda, coulda, shoulda. Right. So five years later, I'm hoping that I can help people learn from my mistakes. Um, 
and save some marriages. So yeah. What what so when you say abusive relationships, mm-hmm. what are some things that that you look for that are just kind of deal breakers? Like this oh, is yeah. not something you can move past. Oh yeah, no. I mean if you're work if if he or she's an alcoholic, if there's drugs involved, if there's abuse involved, if he's a narcissist, which I do not throw that word around ever because I think that it's overdiagnosed. I think mm-hmm. that people I think that people call their ex or their husbands or their wives narcissists and mm-hmm. they're not really. You know, I just listened to a really good podcast. I'll have to send it to you because he was talking about, he's a um, relationship therapist Uh and he was talking about how all humans have a degree of narcissism, like that keeps us alive. Okay. And so it's over, like you're saying, overdiagnosed as like pathological. I agree. When we all kind of have some elements of this, you know? Yeah. And I think that when you call someone a narcissist, you really have to be careful labeling them that because they take it with them to other relationships. Mm. And unless you're clinically diagnosed with narcissistic behavioral disorder, you are clinically, you need to be clinically diagnosed by a psychiatrist or a psychologist, not someone who's your ex-wife who says, oh my God, you're such a narcissist that read it online with Google. Right. Um, I have a very dear friend, a colleague, uh, Roberta Shaler, who is, I quoted my book and I listen to her quite often. She is a specialist a doctor on narcissistic behavior disorder mm-hmm. who will tell you in the first 15 minutes you speak to her, if you got a narcissist on your hands, that's the person you want talking to you. Right. Um, you can't change a narcissist. You never will. Um, that's a relationship you want out of because they, they treat your children differently. You can raise a narcissist by being a narcissist. Um, so you got to get out of that kind of relationship, you know, um, do I think that sexless sexless marriages um, can be changed? Yes, I do. I think there are so many great uh, sexologists and sexual therapists now. I have them on my podcast all the time, uh, but it takes two people. It takes two people to to get sex back in a relationship. You can't just be alone. Right. <laughs> you have to have two. So. so what, in, in talking to your kids and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you said you were surprised by the feedback they gave you. What yeah. is some other things that you've heard from them that, that about what you did well or what That's they wish so were, had been different? Yeah. <laughs> they tell me all the time. They wish that me and my ex didn't talk so much. Oh. They, they, they are like, mom, you guys are divorced. Why are you such good friends? And I think that is so funny because yeah. when I tell people that, they're like, what do you mean? Like, wouldn't, people, wouldn't you think kids would love that? Like, they love that you co-parent so well. I think the kids, just like adults, are super, um, what's the word, infected, not affected, uh, you know, by social media, by what they're supposed to see in movies. Mm. In movies, they see when parents get divorced, they hate each other. Right. That's the norm, right? So my kids are like, I don't understand, but they call it triangulation. They think that me and Mark triangulate. So, Them? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, you guys are triangulating again. That I'm like, is hilarious. Because what happens is like Jonah will tell me something and I'll text Mark and he's like, put the phone down, mom. I know you're texting dad. And I totally am. But like, I just, I feel like Mark is missing out on the thing, the cool stuff or the, even the bad stuff that Jonah or Zach and my kids, what they're doing in my house. I don't, do you see what I'm saying? That's how close we are. You want him to be involved and not I want him to be involved. Yeah. Right. But that's very interesting. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. What about families that you've come across where, um, one of the partners is mm-hmm. kind of hellbent on oh. dragging okay. someone through yes. the mud for yes. the rest of there their lives. There are great apps for that. Okay? Apps. apps. Let me tell you oh. about this app. And okay. I'm going to give my friend Jonathan Virk because he's just always... Jonathan Virk is the CEO of an app called Co-Parenter. Oh. 
Um, now there are other apps too. Okay. There are free apps. There are apps that cost money. There are apps that it's co-parented. Did a whole podcast on this coparenter.com. There are apps now that you can actually use to co-parent and never have to speak to your partner again. I'm talking, you can do everything from scheduling holidays to scheduling pickup times, to trading the kids, to, uh, to texting about medical problems or issues or play dates or set. I mean, it is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life really all through text. And the cool thing is there's judges, there are attorneys, they're all accessible to you and it's all legal. So if you're texting and let's say that, let's say that he uses language that is not appropriate, it will stop him. It'll say you're using language that's not appropriate. It is incredible. This is like the new age of co-parenting with high-conflict divorces. Wow. With people who just can't get their act together and cannot stop being awful. Yes. Keep my That's mouth really incredible. It's so cool. Yeah. And then I have another colleague, her name is uh, Vanessa Gilbert, who wrote a book called uh, The Art of the, I think it's, I want to say high-conflict divorce. Um, and she has some great tips for uh dealing with the, with the partner who just is mean, nasty, mm-hmm. high conflict. You know, she talks about making your texts short and sweet. Don't giving any, no, never engage in any information. Like just talk to him like, you know. Like a um, robot. Yes, like a robot. That's yeah. exactly right. Don't ever engage because right. they love that kind of thing. They love to egg you on and that kind of thing. And it's almost like a toddler that's having yeah. a tantrum or, yeah. or an right. older, older shot. You know, the more yes. you give them. Right fuel for it. It just keeps yes. it going. Yeah. And that's, and that's what, they what they're looking for. It's almost remember. similar to me. It, it's like these trolls on Facebook that are yes. just looking for, I, I was telling somebody, it's almost like it makes them feel alive by that's the fight, you know? It. Yeah. There's something about their life yes. that they need that excitement. Well, they're miserable. They're miserable. Yeah. And they're, and they're in a bad place and people, um, everyone gets over divorce at a certain, at their own speed, at their own time and their own rate and their own, every divorce is different. I say they're like snowflakes. Um, there's no no two divorces are the same. So although divorce groups are great, and although these big wet pages and feeds and blah 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 talking about divorce and they're all great, they also cause a lot of people to have anxiety because your divorce is never like the one mm. next to you. So why is this one feeling so great, but this one is feeling so bad? And why does she get this, but I don't get that? So mm-hmm. sometimes it causes more stress than good. Mm. I think, in my opinion. Um, I know when I go on them, I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that? Or why didn't I do that? And sometimes I get a little, you know. Right. Comparison. Yeah. Fatigue. What is it called? Yes. What's it called? Yeah. Comparison. <laughs> well, and it makes me think even when with friends, like if you are building a community where you have people who are divorced, I like that idea of the snowflake where you can't, just because that's what your experience was, yes. don't like map that onto your friend right. and expect them to do the same thing because yeah. maybe that's not right for their circumstance. Right. You know? yeah. And so when I'm on my podcast, I have, I have to be really careful because there are very few, I don't want to say few, but very, I guess, yeah, very few divorces look like mine. Mm. I have a very happy, you know, low conflict divorce and that's not the norm. Mm-hmm. So when I bring on my guests to talk, I have to make sure that I have guests that know about high conflict divorce right. and can talk about that kind of stuff because luckily I don't have that. Right. So I look at it. Well, and I like that you're inclusive in like the she part of the divorce. Like it could be yeah. two women getting a divorce, two yeah. men getting a divorce. Yeah. That that's not, I think, you know, keeping it open that there, there's all different Everybody. situations that are going yeah. down. Yeah. And it's crazy. Divorce is really, um, it's not going away. Mm. It's getting the, the rates that's climbing. So we need to really just kind of everyone kind of figure out what to do and how to help. And um, I lost so many friends. I I still can't believe my kids lost friends. Um, that really shook my world. I That was kind of 
like people shocked. choosing sides kind of thing? Well, I didn't or- think they would choose sides with us because we were such good friends. I figured I'm making it easy for them, but my kids lost their friends. Hmm. Um, that was really bizarre to me. Like, I just, it's really crazy. The, the book, like just, divorce was contagious or something. Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. hundred yep. percent. Oh, that's really yeah. sad. It's really sad. It is. And it's hard because I feel like nobody knows what to say. Mm-hmm. So in my book, I kind of gave some tips on here's what to say. Here's what we want. Like, I want you there. Mm-hmm. Even though you think I don't, because I think a lot of people think that divorced women or men, divorced people, we want our space. We don't, we don't. It's really lonely. It's a lonely place to be. Even five yeah. years out, I'm still lonely, you know? Yeah. Well, and just the transition from all the, I mean, it's such a severe shift, right? To having a house with all these people to all this, and then they're back again. And then they're gone. It's just, it's very, um, it's crazy. Start right turns. Yeah. 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 I just, I got to tell you, I would never have done it. I would never have done it. Had I known what I know now, Mm -hmm. I would have worked. I would have said to, we look at each other all the time. We're like, what were we thinking? And we're like, we just, we just, we weren't thinking. Mm -hmm. We didn't think it would be ever be like this. Yeah. But what it could have shoulda, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, and you're now you're spreading the message. So I hope. Yeah, I hope so. Save the What? What? Do you have any tips for families where the kids are going between different homes, and what? What sort of some hacks yeah. to make life yeah. easier Here's for that? One. This is my favorite hack. Um, I feel like the two two five where kids go like Tuesday or Monday Tuesday, um, half day or share Wednesday Thursday Friday back and that confuses me. I love. I tell a lot of my clients week on week off is much smoother transition for the kids. And I also really am strong, feel strongly in just my opinion, take it or leave it, to do the change um, on a Friday so that the kids have the whole weekend to get adjusted. If they forget things at the other house, they can have the weekend to get it for school. Um, a lot of people change on Mondays. And I always think to myself, you know, that's tough because if they forget a school bag or they forget a book or they forget, they have to get it that afternoon to have mm-hmm. it for the week. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's a lot to keep track of. A lot. And the kids get, you have to remember, I nested. So I know what it feels like to pack my bags and go back and forth. Mm. Lots of people don't know what that feels like. It is horrific. So if you forget a pair of underwear, if you forget your laptop, or if you forget, uh, you know, medication you need, at least on a Friday, if you do the switch, Mm -hmm. you have the whole weekend to go and get it. Right. Well, and see, that's the part where I love this idea of the app. But when you're going back and forth and you forget, you know, your medication or your school paper that is due, you still really have to interact with, I mean, you can, I'm sure there's ways to get around it, but there's, if you want your kids to feel okay, you have to be nice to each other. Yeah. That's my book. You have to take your ego and you have to put it aside Mm -hmm. and you have to suck it up. And you have to think to yourself, I have to be nice for my kids. And right. so many people cannot do it. I always say- and Some people have to be double nice because the other person can't be. Yes, you know what I yes, mean? Like yes. you're being nicer than any human should ever have to oh, be. It's so yeah. awful. Yeah. I know. And you know what I always say? Use, your, use the kids' names when you're speaking to each other. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it triggers a little happy, like a little like, instead of saying, well, he needs this or she needs that, or I need to pick up his toy. Jonah really needs to go to the doctor, you know, or Zach needs his book. Sometimes just hearing the child's name mm. can trigger a little um, personalization, is that yeah. the right word? Of like making it personalized and making it- Right. And it ends up, it's not about you, the ex-wife, yes. it's about the yes. child. And, yes. Yeah. And like you forgot to get so-and-so's book yesterday and now I have to come pick it up. That's not going to work. Right. You know what? Zach left his book at your house. Mm. You know- we're going to have to find it or we have to come get it or Zach mm-hmm. needs to, do you see what I'm saying? It changed. Right. I'll pull up front and Zach yes. is going to run in and look yes. around. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. That's really, that's a great tip. 
Cause yeah. it's so easy when you're ticked, like how come yeah. you don't get this oh, yeah. together? I get it together for your house. Right. You know, right. exactly. I never forget anything. And right. I don't understand why you would forget that. I you know it's always put together so perfectly. And I picked just pick, no, no, no. Zach left his shoes. We're really sorry. He's coming to get them. Mm. Boom. Change it. That's it. Right. And with teenagers, um, it's really super, I know if, I don't know how much time I have, but um, teenagers are really important to never talk badly about the other parent. Mm. Teenagers, they hear everything, they understand everything, and they their ears are like, I mean, little guys, you know, you can kind of like, not that you ever, you don't ever want to talk badly anyways, but when they're babies and little guys, you know, you can kind of talk over them and hopefully they don't understand. Teenagers get it. Right. They get it. They also know you're talking crap about their parent, which is part of them. Right. It's part of them. You're, you know, like, so you're in finances. Don't ever talk about finances, you know, or who the alimony or the child support or what you didn't get this month or your dad didn't send this check or your mom didn't. Well, but that's what's interesting is when, (sighs) as the kids get older, they start to notice. Like, so somebody might say there might be income differences between the two homes. Well, how come dad does this and how, you know, and it's like, so then what do you say? Like, Oh yeah. Well, dad doesn't help. So yeah. sorry. I yeah. don't, what do you, you say? You can't say that. Yeah. You so what would suck you- it up and you have to say, well, you know what? Everyone has different things. Everyone has mm. different, you know, we all have different, my house is just different than dad's. Oh, trust me. I get it all. And I have fun dad and not fun mom. And dad takes great trips. You know what I say? You're so lucky. You yes. get to go with dad. Dad takes you skiing in Vail and that is awesome. Right. Guess what? My trip is Florida and you know, that's, that's fun too. That's we what just, it is. But you know, my kids just realize now that's life. Mm-hmm. And Mom is mom and dad is dad. But then Mark will say things on his side, like, but you guys, your mom is your mom. Mm-hmm. You, you, they, he knows my relationship is different. It's more emotional and his is more fun dad. You know what I'm saying? So, and he just, it's just, you just have to really, you have to check yourselves. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> what about with the holidays coming up? What, oh, do you, so what do you recommend? I mean, I feel like I could talk to you all week. Oh, we can. We couldn't cover it all, but what, <laughs> what? The holidays are right around the corner. What are, well, what us, is your? Jewish. Yeah, we're both we're Jewish. So I actually am Christian. My mom is Catholic. My dad is Jewish. So um, with the Jewish holidays, for example, like today's Yom Kippur. I'm talking Jewish. Oh. I don't know when this is airing, but um, so like my kids will go to you know Mark's house for you know whatever when, whatever the week is, they get the holiday with that parent. Okay. So it's super hard. It is super mm. hard because like let's say Christmas falls on whatever my week. Then I get Christmas and Mark's alone, mm-hmm. right? So then I, I talk all about the holidays in my book too. Holidays are really, really tough because for us, we live in Charlotte and our whole family lives in Detroit. So not only are we alone without our kids, we're really alone. Like we have nobody. So unless we travel to go somewhere to be with someone, we're sitting alone. It's, it's just, it's really, really hard. It's just for us, it's more important that the kids um, are busy. Mm-hmm. And they're taken care of. So for Passover, for example, Mark actually cooked the Passover dinner because <laughs> I don't cook. And he brought all the food over to my house. And I had Passover dinner at my house. And he went home, uh, flew home to Detroit to be with his family. Okay. Because it was my week. Okay. So, I mean, we just have a really, I'm really super lucky. I could not be luckier. Yeah. No, that is a, that is a very nice yeah. scenario. It is a nice scenario. It is I think there the are divorced people listening. And I mean, I, I can yeah. see where you have to be yeah. careful because you don't, be well, careful. how nice for her, Yeah, Jennifer. it must be great. Yeah. really great that she's so great with her ex-husband. And I get yeah. that all the time. I do. Yeah. But I worked at it. I right. worked. Because let me tell you, it was not easy. We did not have it easy at the beginning. We had horrible fights. We had horrible blows. But then we finally looked at each other and we're like, is this how it's going to be? 
because we only have the four of us here. Mm. We don't have our family and we need each other. We needed each other. Like I needed to go places. I needed to travel. Mark needed to go for work. What were we supposed to do? Mm -hmm. You know, um, you have to work. It takes work just like a marriage takes work. Uh, divorce takes work. Um, all relationships take work. You have to work. And so do you do coaching with people? I do. Sounds like, so do. Yeah. how do people find out more about you and what um, are the resources? On my website. Yeah, my okay. website. You know, it's so funny. Um, divorce isn't very prevalent. I don't want to say prevalent. It's stupid. But um, for some reason, Charlotte doesn't have a lot of divorced folk. They, hmm. folk, folk, divorce folk. They yeah. stay married, I guess. I don't know. But I would, I love, this is my favorite thing. I love to help um, I love to help. I love to help this. This is like my favorite. I, I wish that more people would come to me. Um, you can find me on my website, uh, jenniferherbits.com. Okay. And I do a free 30-minute consultation. And if I feel like I don't like, I can't really do, um, coach people that are right out of their divorces because I feel like they need more of a therapist. And I'm not a therapist. I'm a coach. It's different. Um, emotional needs and are more of a therapist. You know, I do more of the coaching, like co-parenting, um, that kind of thing. What More like just, strategies, which yeah, I think we yeah. all need in life. Right? And especially right. if you're dealing with two separate people, like it can be kind of a unifying force to say, right. well, Jennifer said this, let's try this yes. instead yes. of like going back and forth about right. some other right. strategy. Yeah. I also love doing um, dating after divorce is real fun for me. Like oh. I help people write their um, online dating profiles. Oh, cool. Which is so fun for me. And um, that's really fun. And I, that's a really good time too. So I, I do that also. Which is, that sounds like a lot of fun. That. And I would think what's interesting, I was talking to my um, sister about this. This is like that oftentimes people, you know, when you're older and looking for yeah. a partner than versus when you're in your early 20s. So different, so different. You can be pretty blunt. Like I, like you should say, be. like, I like to be on the couch. So if that's not something you enjoy, well, we I'm call not those, your girl. Yes, we call <laughs> those non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. I make lists, we make lists of non and I, I swear I to God. That I, my, my first one is being on the couch. That's, and that's a little okay. sad. I put that at the top for you, girl. <laughs> we need to find someone who likes to sit on the couch and watch movies, but I make it sound a little better. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> so funny. Uh, I do that. Yeah, it's fun. It's great. And, and I do, I, I hold them accountable and I say, this is what she, and I don't let them, I do not like guys or, uh, I mostly have girl, uh, women that I coach and I don't let them get away with anything. I yeah. you know if the guy is not their person, I say, move it along. And they're like, nobody's really cute. I'm like, too bad. He's not, he doesn't check your boxes, you know? Right. Well, that's what I've heard from people that if you are out of a difficult relationship and you're getting a divorce, then having sex or being intimate with somebody is so exciting again. Right. That's what some people said, but to the point where you sometimes keep people around that aren't your person. Yes. Your red flags turn into pink flags. Yes. And you're like, oh, but this. It's okay. You know what? It doesn't matter that he has no teeth. It's okay. (laughs) It's really okay. It's fine. We'll get him veneers. It's fine. I mean, this is what I deal with every day. I swear. That is so funny. (laughs) So my last question for you is what do you do? And in all this helping work that you, you put out in the world, what do you do to help take care of yourself for your own (laughs) self-care? What do you mean? What's, what is that? What's self-care? Um, you know what I, what do I do? I, I try to get to yoga, although I have to be honest with you. I have, I feel like I have no, do you feel like this? Like no time lately. I, I, I feel like I'm rushing from like city to city. I public speak now. So, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really going to try and slow down. Yeah. I'm going to try. I'm going to, I'm going to learn to say no a little more. Um, I'm going to try to find things that bring me joy and start to say no. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been saying yes this whole year to a lot of things that have not brought me happiness. Um, 
So I'm going to learn to say no. I am. I'm going to start saying no to like, you know, big things and things that, that bring me joy I'm going to do. Right. But I feel like I need to, so I need to slow down. That's good. Well, I I love that question. First of all, it's interesting to me to hear what people do do, but also I think it's a practice for all of us. And we can go through seasons where we don't do it very well. I don't even though we know what helps us. Yeah. Yeah. It's just easy to go through seasons where we're not doing it very well. Yeah, I'm not doing it very well. I'm not. You know what? I'm I'm um I'm not doing it well. I'm just not. I need to I'm beating myself up right now, which isn't good on my life coach to be like Jennifer, you're beating yourself up. (laughs) No, but it's exciting. I think the spin is it's exciting to realize that you do know what is good for you. And I think a lot of times when you're saying yes, when you were telling me you've been so busy, probably because a lot of success has been coming your way. And so you've had, no, it's great. You have a lot of opportunity. So you can sort of put that in the wind box and then say, but, but now I'm noticing I want to do a little more of this. Yeah. I think I just have to like give myself a deadline of when I'm going to start saying no mm-hmm. <laughs> so that I can actually like, you know, I will tell you my little hack for this is there's oh, a, the mind body app. Oh, is, I love it. So you, you book it, you book it like maybe on a Friday or on okay. a Saturday okay. for the coming week. Yes. And so you've already mentally committed in your mind to what days you're going to do yoga yes. and, and yes. you book around yes. that because if you like wait that. for the opening, it will not be there. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I, I do plot is that way. I do my Pilates, but you know, my Pilates. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's, that's what helps me, but don't beat yourself up. We're all in it together trying to, to do better. So thank you for all of this wisdom. I love it. And I'm looking forward to meeting you. I know. I can't wait. Find me, please. Yes, I will. Thanks for listening to The Family Brain. If you enjoyed this episode with Jennifer Hurwitz and you think someone that you know could benefit from the information she shared, please pass it along. It helps spread the message about the podcast and also about the mental health topics we talk about on the show. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.